This is episode 15 of the Angry Tech News Podcast for Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. This is the Angry Tech News Podcast at angrytechnews.com. Now your host, the angry programmer with a mic, Brian Bemrose. Today is the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, the shortest day of the year. At my latitude, the sun was out for only seven and a half hours today and never went more than 19 degrees above the horizon. But hey, at least it came out today and it didn't rain, so there's that. There was blue sky and the occasional beam filtered through the tall trees. Yeah, I know there are some other, some of you out there farther north, God knows why, United Kingdom, Northern Europe, and some of the uninhabitable parts of Canada, but it is pretty far up there. Did you know that Everett, Washington is the northernmost city over 100,000 in the continental U.S.? Only Anchorage, Alaska is farther north and larger amongst American cities. Of course you didn't know that. Why would you care? I'm just filling time anyway. There's not much tech news out there in the week before Christmas. I never quite understood why the big winter holiday always occurred four days after the solstice. I understand that statement flies in the face of decades of tradition and commercialism and also something about Christianity. But I guess it was really just the math of the thing to me. If you're going to have a midwinter holiday, make it in the middle of the winter, not four days later. Where's the symmetry? The debate about Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays is one of those things that's always made me laugh. Say whatever you want. Good, decent people will know what you mean, smile, and thank you. Woke people are already offended that you open your mouth while wearing the wrong skin color, so you can't really win with them anyway. But it doesn't matter. What matters is that you have joy in your heart and wish well on all your fellow humans. Except for those Southerners. Those people are the worst. From the Live is Dead department. Talks between YouTube TV and Disney this week failed to produce a deal, resulting in the removal of 12 Disney-owned channels from the service, including ABC, the Disney Channel, FX, National Geographic, and ESPN. As with all high-profile TV carriage disputes, the disagreement comes down to money. TV carriers pay the channels to carry their content. Channels want more, carriers want to pay less, and both sides are willing to punish the end customer in order to get what they want. But in this case, I think Disney might be bluffing with an empty hand by threatening to remove ESPN, which is by far the most expensive single channel in any cable customer's bill, and one that a growing number of customers would like to get rid of as they chafe at the bundling deals that keep the channel in their lineup. Actual numbers are highly variable and hard to come by, but according to killthecablebill.com, a clearly unbiased source if ever I've heard one, the average American cable TV consumer paid $20 a month in 2020 for live sports. ESPN, the biggest live sports channel, counts for about half of that. And if you recall, there were almost no live sports played in 2020, which means that American TV watchers hand over, handed over nearly $2 billion to Disney for the privilege of watching reruns and sports documentaries. We may never find out exactly why the YouTube TV versus Disney deal fell apart, but I would not be surprised in the least to learn that YouTube simply walked away from the deal after Disney overplayed their hand toward customers of YouTube TV, a channel which mostly caters to younger cord cutters, a demographic not usually associated with wanting to pay $10 a month for live sports they aren't even watching. 
After talks broke down, YouTube TV failed to pocket the cost difference, a move that industry insiders would agree is a clear indication they don't have the chops to be a real television carrier, and instead passed on some of the extra savings to customers, lowering their subscription prices to $50 a month while the Disney-owned channels are unavailable. From the Practical System Hacking Department, F-Secure Labs has brought us yet another analysis of an Internet of Things device with poor security as a built-in feature. The device they analyzed was the LUMA COVID-19 Home Test Kit, which includes a Bluetooth-enabled analyzer kit and, what else, an app that you install on your phone. The analyzer, about the size of a fun-sized candy bar, uses the standard lateral flow test to chemically transform your boogers into a pair of colored lines. Photo sensors in the analyzer then check the color of the lines. An integrated chip turns that into a Bluetooth packet, which is sent to the phone where your personal medical information is automatically uploaded to a government database where it is transformed into statistics, which combined with everyone else's similar information will then be used to feed the cases narrative, thus allowing tyrannical officials to justify continuing their unjustifiable government overreach indefinitely. Where was I? F-Secure was most interested in the security implications of the Bluetooth connection. As well they should. Bluetooth and security go together like heavy machinery and NyQuil. By disassembling the app's Android bytecode and analyzing the data, the researchers determined that the Bluetooth packets are secured via a simple XOR-based checksum field in the packet. By utilizing off-the-shelf Android debugging tools, they wrote a proof of concept which was able to inject code to rewrite the packet before the app was able to process it. In their test example, they switched a negative result to a positive one and were able to generate an official test result certificate with the fraudulent result. The F-Secure post did not specifically call out exactly what could be done with such an app installed on one's device, but they do mention that some jurisdictions, such as the United States, require a COVID test for entry and that the highly insecure LUMA test is on the approved list of test kits. I, too, am not specifying any particular course of action here, but even the most obedient-minded of us must eventually start to realize that compliance is not getting us out of this so-called pandemic and the totalitarian regimes using it to keep the public locked down. The only way to end this is by mass non-compliance. Henry David Thoreau once wrote that it is the duty of all moral people to disobey unjust laws. What you, the Angry Tech News listener, choose to do with this information is, of course, your own business. <laughs> From the glow-in-the-dark jewelry department, I stumbled across this next story in the BBC's technology section while doing research for the show. I'm pretty sure I'm going to regret bringing it up on a tech news show that I already struggle to keep respectable, but it dragged me down such a weird rabbit hole that I just had to share it with you. The Dutch Authority for Nuclear Safety and Radiation Protection, ANVS, has issued a warning about 10 different consumer products marketed to protect you from 5G radiation which are all producing ionizing radiation themselves. Okay, when I first read this, I had to stop and search the names of some of these products, and man, 5G paranoia is big business. I'm not going to wade into the debate about whether 5G, as proposed, is going to harm humans. If you really want to research that, you can find plenty of resources on, a, on that topic in somebody else's show notes. Either way, there is enough corporate greed, secrecy, and regulatory corruption surrounding the 5G push to justify a healthy skepticism completely independent of the technology itself. But still, the most important thing that I learned while researching this story is that a lot of people are making a lot of money off of fear about 5G. I might be in the wrong business. Some of the products I found. 
$90 for an EMF 5G radiation protection beanie. Much more stylish than your usual tinfoil hat. $90 for a Faraday scarf. $500 for a combination hoodie and long underwear with, quote, silver elastic weave. $290 for steel mesh bed sheets. I bet those are comfortable. Actually, I think they probably chafe if you have a, uh, well, they, uh, no, the type of people who'd buy one of these, you're not going to have a girlfriend. $56 per liter of radiation shielding paint for your house. $40 to $60 Faraday bags for your phone and laptop. Honestly, a great idea for privacy, but I'm not convinced they're protecting your health. And the, the pinnacle, a USB key that purports to create an EM shield around your body to transform bad radiation into good radiation, even when it's not plugged into anything. They say the shield is just bigger if you plug it in. The marketing video for the USB key included this exquisite gibberish. Our plasmoids, which are coupled to an entanglement with the meta-consciousness, force adapt to a changing environment on their own fundamentally different methods. So yeah, the Dutch Nuclear Regulatory Agency, who are clearly paying more attention to this booming market than I ever wanted to, have called out a list of 10 radioactive products which you can wear against your skin to protect you from ionizing radiation by bathing you in more ionizing radiation. Oh, and some quick science about headgear. One of the big ways that humans cool down is by emitting blackbody infrared from the warmer parts of the skin, mainly those with capillaries close to the surface, like the scalp. Infrared, which is reflected right back into your head by these oh-so-stylish foil hats. So. If you're out on a hot day wearing your silver mesh Faraday beanie, the 5G wave certainly won't be cooking your brain, but your hat might be. Like I said, it's been a slow news week. I found a few other headlines that'll tide you over, but I wasn't really able to summon forth my usual mix of deep analysis combined with unhinged ranting for them. So you're going to have to just imagine that part while I'm summarizing the story to say and saying something snarky. From the Wi-Fi clutter department, TP-Link routers come pre-configured with hidden always-on SSIDs, one for each of 2.4 and 5.0 gigahertz, just in case you decide you want to turn on the router's mesh network feature they're already on. Oh, and they're hidden from the admin page, so you can't turn them off. From the Goodbye Carrot Hello Stick department, California is reducing the incentives for selling solar energy back to the grid now that millions of homes have them. Mostly, they're citing the inequalities of low-income people who didn't get to shell out a significant chunk of money for solar panels buying into the lie that they'd pay for themselves with government subsidies. My favorite part of this story was a little throwaway line in the AP story saying, The number of solar panels will only grow because since 2020, all newly constructed homes in California must have solar panels. How's that for incentives? From the woke enough to go public department, Reddit appears to be preparing for an IPO after years of firmly stomping down on that horrible freedom of speech that made them so different from other social networks. Reddit has finally achieved the same level of boring, censorious, woke sameness as platforms like Twitter and Facebook enough to look interesting to Silicon Valley investors. The company values themselves at $10 billion. <laughs> And from the not crackpot at all department is a headline that came in two hours after I recorded the previous 5G segment you heard a couple minutes ago. 
Boeing and Airbus are calling out that the C-band spectrum used by 5G towers and signals has been interfering with aircraft avionics since 2019. Apparently, the signals are messing with the radio altimeters aboard the aircraft. I'm no pilot, but knowing your altitude seems important. I mean, it's easy enough to tell whether you're in the air or on the ground when you're in the plane, but an unplanned transition between those two states can be a real day wrecker. Big thanks to Judy Schwartz, Rhett Vandenberg, and Chris Peterson for producing this episode of Angry Tech News. Your support is greatly appreciated this Christmas season. Angry Tech News is released on the value for value model. We don't take sponsors or advertising, and we don't charge you to listen, but we are funded by your donations. If you got value out of listening to this show, please send some value back. Go to angrytechnews.com and click the donate button to make a one-time or recurring donation. Send what you think this show has been worth to you, be it $5, $25, or $200. That's it for me. My name is Ryan Bemrose, the Angry Programmer. Merry Christmas and see you next week for more Angry Tech News. This has been Angry Tech News with the Angry Programmer, Ryan Bemrose, at angrytechnews.com. Stay angry. Stay angry. Stay angry.